Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name, of course, is Richard Brown and it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. Well, it's another week and it's another um, episode in the Property Core Skills uh, series. We're getting quite close to the end, so only a couple of more episodes really to cover this one off. Today, we've got a panel discussion and the topic is systems and processes that we might use in our property business and property investments. So I'm joined, thankfully, by some now familiar voices. And if I was going to say if you could see us, some familiar faces, but it's a podcast, so you can't. So uh, some familiar voices. I'm just going to go around the room and ask each one of you just to give a quick intro um, in case people haven't heard it before, just a sort of 60-second view of who you are, where you come from, and that will help people, you know, put a bit of a frame of reference when you start talking the conversation for, for sure. So I'm going to go around in terms of Jeff, Nana, Carl, and Dominic. So Jeff, why don't you kick us off? Hi, Richard. Hi, my, my name's Jeff Unsworth. I'm a part-time IT consultant working for a large multinational. I spend my time looking after my properties on my day off. Um, I've been in the property game for about 10 years now. Um, but over the last five years, I've really ramped up my business and Moving that forward. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, my name is uh, Nana, and uh, I'm a part-time uh, on dad leave and part-time working at Volvo. Uh, at the moment, uh, me and my fiance are trying to escape the rat race, and uh, that's why we're purchasing properties and uh, doing some rent to rents at the same time. Welcome back, Nana. <laughs> Thanks, Richard. Hi, I'm, I'm Carl. Um, I, I've been in, investing in property for about 10 years now. Before that, I was a software developer. And um, I suppose part of my interest being here tonight is, well, I suppose it is my interest to talk about these kind of things. I've got the mechanic trait in uh, talent dynamics. Um, so this kind of stuff is, is quite interesting for me. You were genuinely excited about this episode, weren't you, Carl? Yeah, I really wanted to join. Yeah, you were kind <laughs> enough to reschedule the, the recording. We wouldn't have had it without you, so welcome. Great stuff, and Dom. Yeah, hi, I'm Dominic. Um, I'm an IT uh, contractor in the finance industry. That's my day job, um, but I am also a property investor. Um, started as an accidental landlord back in I think 2012 when I um, moved residential properties and managed to keep the first one so I rented that out uh, and then my partner moved in with me sometime after that so we uh, rented hers out as well so we had two properties and thought oh, okay it's going quite well maybe should uh, think about this a bit more seriously and invest in property which we did in, in 2017 onwards um, so it's only been about uh, so four years four years five years uh, since we've been investing in property and we've built a small small portfolio in that time, buy-to-lets, uh, holiday-let, HMO, and we are looking to 
to grow that portfolio with the aim of um, being able to quit the day job and work in property full time. Sounds good. Thanks, Dominic. Um, Nana, you and I are the only non-IT contractors, software developer types here. So, you know, we're going to have to, you know, try and keep these guys in check um, in case it gets a bit gobbledygooky in in, in terms of the, the discussion. So hopefully with me on that one, Nana. Uh, <laughs> So systems and processes, what we're probably um, working out as we go through this series, let alone within certain topics, is there's kind of a lot of overlap and crossover sometimes. You can't really talk about one element without talking about some of the elements. And, um, and that's the same with, you know, anything, if you think about it, um, any business, you know, there's a lot of crossover or there's things that affect you know, other elements of the uh, operation or the structure and so inevitably we probably touched on you know management systems perhaps in earlier episodes but we're going to focus in on it a, a little bit more in terms of processes processes is how we do things really that's my definition at least how we go about things how we do things how we organize ourselves um maybe we're going to i suspect we might touch a little bit of technology and apps with the audience with the panelists that we've got around us maybe and um and, and then I think the other thing is more of a philosophy. Um, what, you know, I call it management systems. But what's our philosophy to how we organize ourselves in terms of managing properties and portfolios? Uh, that could be things like we're doing it ourselves or using an agent, just very simplistically. So what I'd like to do is just get people's view on, um, let's, let's maybe start things off with the philosophy. You know, who's, who's the DIY or the, the, um, the, you know, the do-it-yourself landlord type? And who is the agent type? And is there another model that we've got around the panel here? So bring bring you back in, Jeff. Why don't you kick us off? What kind of system or philosophy do you attach to your uh, property management, first of all? Yeah, so my main philosophy is do it yourself. So I keep it in-house. So I live down in the southeast. I buy most of my properties up in the northwest. I keep it in the family. So, for example, my dad looks, goes out and does all my viewings and looks at He's a retired plumber, so he's got a good background in that industry. My sister, she um, owns a, a cleaning firm up in, in the northwest. She goes out and uh, does viewings. She does um, maintenance tasks and things like that for me. And, and she knows people who can... Uh, get things done so I, I do that I pay them um, well, I don't pay my dad so I'm quite well that one but yeah um, I, I pay my sister to be my managing agent so that's one thing I do um, I like to do all my own books um, I obviously got accountants to, to cover that area but yeah that's that's like how I like to keep it mm, it's interesting because you said DIY but actually you're not doing much yourself there are you because you, well, you're kind of dishing a lot of those jobs out to family some yeah, I, 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 I create the money, then take the money, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that, that would be sort of a contract out type of model, but most of the people you're contracting out are family members. Your, your, your father might be having a chat with the living wage people, maybe, I don't know. But, uh... Possibly, yeah. <laughs> anyway, great, thanks for sharing that. Nana, um, if you want to yeah. join in, what's your yeah. So basically, I'm, uh, I'm forced to make it... I'm forced to make it uh, a bit uh, use remote, obviously, to use people because I live in Sweden, as you're aware of. So uh, we use 
from sourcing agents to letting agents to uh, business partners to friends. Um, so, yeah, the basically the only thing that we do, not me, but Emily, is using the zero. Well, because she's a accountant by trade, so she she does that. But uh, yeah, we still need to sign it off with the uh, accountant, obviously. So pretty much passive, arm's length, using agents, in you know, and, and similar. Yeah, okay. sounds good. Carl, what about you? Yeah, so in terms of my portfolio, I, 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 that's mostly arm's length. Um, but in terms of my main business um i i'm quite hands-on uh i was probably a bit like yourself richard i struggled to delegate so um always taking things on myself so um that's probably my biggest challenge um yeah we've got a few challenges i wanted to maybe talk about this evening um yeah try and try and use um systems and technologies to support me as well in kind of making things a bit easier yeah, um, it's interesting because you made a distinction between managing a portfolio and say maybe managing projects, and it could be different. Um, it could be a different approach across each one. So that was interesting. And thanks for the coaching. Yes, maybe I need to delegate more. Yeah. Cheers. And Dominic, what about you? So the, the properties that I own, the day-to-day management is uh, mostly with agents because they are dotted around the country. Um, so I have agents looking after those. Um, the holiday that I have probably has a bit more involvement. Um, there's not an agent as such looking after that. Uh, we do have obviously cleaners and um, it's advertised on one of the big sites. Um, but if there are issues with myself and my business partner on that one, typically I have to dive in, uh, get involved, find someone to fix it. So that requires a bit more work. Um, but then I think maybe Carl was touching on this as well with the portfolio. So the portfolio I, I do um, try and keep on top of and make sure that everything's uh, managed there too so things like uh you know the gas certificates and epcs um all that stuff uh so i have all that tracked as well so whilst the agents should obviously take care of all that i do like to keep on top of that and insurance and all that's due obviously that's kind of my responsibility so i, I track all that my stuff all that stuff myself as well in some of the systems i use which i'm sure we'll touch on in a bit i'm sure we will I'm sure we will managing the manager yeah. um I should add my own uh, approach, maybe just to provide a bit of distinction, because a bit like Carl was saying, there's kind of a uh, there could be a hybrid depending on what you're doing. But um, I think when I started, I almost used exclusively like agents. Um, you know, it was a more arm's length passive model, utilizing other people, contractors, and agents. Um, as my portfolio grew, it got to a certain point, you know, size really, where it made sense to me so to insource. So um, it's kind of a bit like what you're doing, Jeff. To be fair. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, employing my sister and my father, but basically I employ someone who works for my, what is effectively my own letting agency. And uh, so I have my own small agency, which looks after my own rental properties. Um, obviously developments and things like that's completely different. Uh, I think you need to have a different approach to that. Um, as it happens, I've been buying letting agencies and property management companies uh, recently. So that might change again and might actually outsourced to my own um, agency but don't maybe the person's managing my agency might be listening right now so I don't know that decision's not been made yet so there we go that's me uh, my philosophy my approach um, along with everybody else's so um, 
I kind of just sort of framed this up last week when I set the scene a bit, that we might talk about processes and systems. Um, I don't know if we can separate them, but a process is how, how we might do something. Um, and, you know, whether we have policies and processes, where we how we organise our time, things like that. Uh, and then the systems would be like something, a tool, possibly technology, um, which can help us to do things more efficiently or remind us and that sort of thing. So you know, I think we're going to end up crossing over. So I was thinking of breaking the topic down into those two separate areas. But, um, you know, perhaps to drill on a little bit of how we started, you know, how do you organise yourselves? What sort of approach do you tend to take um, in so far as um, how you go about things? And maybe what sort of tools you might use to to help you with that. Um, should we come back to you, Jeff, perhaps to start us off in that direction? Yeah, that's fine. Um, time management is a key thing when it comes to property. Um, one thing I is obviously you need a calendar, a good calendar. Obviously, all the big companies use them. I, I use Google Calendar linked to my phone. Um, I use a, an application um, called Asana, which schedules and all my tasks. So, for example, uh, EPCs, gas certificates, uh, data commissioner, GDPR, uh, stuff like that. I, I make sure everything's in my calendar. Um, I, I don't go. I can't go anywhere without actually viewing my calendar because my phone goes everywhere with me, and it, it's something that I, I ensure I always do. Um, my methods working on that, I always make sure that uh, I key things up a week before anything is due, at least a week before. Um, so, for example, one of my processes is a month before a gas certificate is due is contact the gas supplier, uh, gas, gas fitter, and make sure he's booked in and lined up to do the task. And then once I've got a date, line up there with the tenant. So it's all written down as a process, um, a checklist of things to do. Um, I have a portfolio management list that I go through. And again, that links to my calendar, that links to uh, Asana, and, and that actually points out to where when tasks are due and, and things that should be uh, done. I think my wife was rounding in the cats there, so I, I was on mute for a moment. That's really interesting because you talk about, you know, perhaps taking things around with you on your mobile phone. Um, you know, there's a lot of apps and technology that we we can now literally have on a mobile device. So I thought that was quite interesting. Um, what about other people? Should we bring you back in? Nana, what do you do in terms of organising yourself? So <clears throat> I do a uh, hybrid. So I do... I have a journal that I I always uh, write down what I want to do when I wake up before I start my reading and all of this. And then I put in the task that I want to complete. But beside that, I use this app or uh, website called Calendly. So if someone wants to book in, a, schedule a, a call or something, investor call or either whatever uh i just linked the the code to them and then it it uh, simultaneously connects with my calendar google calendar so it block off the time and you can choose what time you're you're blocked and beside that 
we also use uh, uh, Asana, Trello, and we use Microsoft Teams uh, to have our conversation with our VAs. So we we schedule and see where where they're what they're doing and what they're supposed to do and yeah giving feedback and they giving feedback to us as well so yeah those are the main stuff that we use and podio as well that uh, richard introduced us to very good uh reminding tool and google task obviously to keep up to date with stuff that may be coming in the in the in the future interesting that you're using so i think there's there's often a debate about certain um platforms or apps within a certain category so um and you, you know people might prefer apple technology versus microsoft technology versus google technology for example and then um you know people will be raging fans of like, different elements so I, I think we might get into that maybe but i was interested now when you were saying you use both asana and trello because um they're very similar in a way, aren't they? Uh, Asana is like a task management tool and Trello is project management, but still kind of does a bit of task management. Do you, is there a reason you use two? Yeah, so I totally agree. To be honest, I like uh, Asana more, but um, the VAs uh, like the trailer more. So I'm like, whatever suits them best for the platform. And as long as they they get the work done and we're happy uh that that's good but i feel that like you mentioned it's easier to i think the the visual is better on asana and it's much easier to track back to see what happened while on trillo you just like drag and drag yeah you yeah that, that i think it's just a taste yeah. <laughs> I was going to say a lot of it's taste and personal preference. You know, I, I, I didn't really get on with Trello, for example, but I use Basecamp. A lot of people hate Basecamp, but they, they like Asana, you know. So, uh, But they're all in the same category. So as a, as a sort of a task management tool. So I think, you know, there's plenty out there. And so really have a little play around and see which one uh, you like the most. But kind of curious so, and it's interesting that, you kind of have to flex a little bit. That's a, that's an interesting point because sometimes when you're working with third parties, they have a preference, right? Um, and then it's like, well, you insist they use your tool or do you bend and adapt to their tool? So that's that's an interesting one. Um, but thanks for that, um, Nana. And uh, Carl, I can't wait for this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 could, I could easily talk about these different systems um till the cows come home um i won't though um when when we when i saw the discussion of processes um there was what it, what it reminded me of was this book i read it was probably over a year ago called traction by gino wickman and it, it, it's a really good book if if you're trying to establish a business but you don't really have any of this, this the, the processes and the ways of working in place so uh, it starts off really high level and it talks about kind of the vision, the goals, the um, the values of the business. Um, and then you gradually break it down from those big, big visions down into um, what, the, what he terms quarterly rocks. 
So, so this for this quarter, each person in the organisation has two or three rocks, and it, it's it's their responsibility to focus on those. And then from then, um, a large proportion portion of the book is um, based around forming the ceremonies to um, go over, to agree with all of this and to to repeatedly go through it week by week. And this is under uh, supported by what he calls a scorecard. Um, so every week, um, everybody reports their, their number and it goes into the scorecard. It's quite good for, for tracking kind of how you're trending or not towards your your overall goal, your quarterly rocks. Um, but for me, that was a really good way to break down a... Um, a, a a target a goal um, into kind of a, a, pro, a process goal, process targets. Um, I, so I, I find that really really interesting. The attraction by Gina Wickman. So just to elaborate on that, it's a really good point because you know we you know a lot of people talk about having a goal. It's a good idea. And there's what you call outcome goals. That's, uh, yeah, I couldn't think of the word outcome goals. Yeah. Well, I mean, we could give it a different name, but you know, an outcome goal is like a specific number on a specific date. Let's say that would be an example. Like in one year, I want to have X thousand pounds of income, whatever, something like that. And uh, that would be an outcome goal. But what I think you're trying trying to outline in that with this approach from the traction book mm-hmm. is that you can break that down into steps. Um, which then become individual steps along a process, which will eventually get you to that outcome. Is that pretty much it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. So you have a way of working. You also mentioned the scorecard. I thought that was interesting as well because a scorecard is like a, it's tracking your progress or tracking the measurements along the way. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We I'd simply use a spreadsheet. It allows you to do pretty pretty charts as well. So um, yeah, it's kind of it, it kind of gamifies it a bit as well because if everyone's got a, a number, um, you can kind of hit try and hit that. So it adds accountability in there as well. Mm. So it's an overarching sort of view about how to organise yourself in in uh, and set up processes within your business, rather than diving into the granularity of the specific tech and apps that you're using. Which yeah, um, we'll come back to I think um, with you, no doubt. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Carl. So what about you, Dominic? So, yeah, I've used various tools um, over the uh, few years, I guess. Um, but the ones that have stuck and the ones that I use now, the three main ones, I think, are Airtable, Landlord, and Notion. So they're the three that I am using. So, I mean, obviously, having an IT background, I kind of like Airtable and Notion because I can, I can build with that myself whatever I want and customize it. You know exactly how I want the landlord. I kind of like as well. Um, although there is some overlap between, I think, landlord and some of the others. So um, Airtable, I use to, uh, I guess, track my. I have my portfolio in there. I track the kind of income, um, and I run metrics off of that. So I find it quite good for that. Um, Notion, I use more for managing my portfolio. So again, Notion I really like. You can kind of it's like a note-taking application, but you can customize it and build it out pretty much however you want, and add, add lots to it. So I have like Kanban boards in there for my uh, tasks. I kind of have that, you know, per property 
um, you know, filter however I want, you know, see what it's doing, what's in progress, all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's really, really uh, customizable. So I do like that. Um, and then, yes, uh, I also have like dates in Notion as well. So I use that. I know Jeff was mentioning about having a calendar. So I did, I did use my phone calendar for tracking lots of stuff, but obviously I found that just kind of gets very bogged down then. So now I use Notion to track all the dates as well. So you can put things in there, set reminders up off of those dates. So it'll, it'll ping you, obviously, when those dates are coming up um, to make you aware that you have uh, tasks that need to be actioned. So they're, they're kind of the three main tools that I use. Great. Um, I think just maybe to – thanks, Dominic. I think the kind of, kind of draw some conclusions from some of that is that we've got, I would say, personal management, um, you know, task and project management, and then maybe property and portfolio management as some categories. I don't know if that's all of them, but, you know, just looking at me. Come on, Jeff. Have I got all three? Have I got the right three categories there? Yes, definitely. Um, one of the things, um, obviously, when Carl was mentioning about goals and setting goals and being I mentioned organizing my calendar and one of the objectives of my calendar is to see what's what have I got to do in the next week month four months 12 weeks usually um and and, and the thing I'm, I'm always looking for is what needs to be done and what else can I do um it, it's all been being proactive about what needs to be done in my particular houses maintenance what needs to be done when was the last time it was painted is a, a, a reason why i can get someone to look at the clean the gutters for three houses instead of one to reduce the costs and things like that i have all listed uh, as, as tasks i need to do on a a, a a by-year basis, for example, cleaning the gutters, uh, painting is a, on a three-year basis. And I'm always trying to tie those together and try and use a process, a list, basically. Um, and how I accomplish that list is a star in my case, but it can be any means. Uh, and always have an overview of all those tasks, which are not essential not essential to be done because the tenant's getting, I've got a leaky tap or my boiler's broken or things like that. But all those things that... When something does happen, for example, uh, a boiler breaks, I can go to, to, to the plumber to say, right, can you fix the boiler? But while you're there, actually, there's, can you look at this? For example, I, I had a, a stopcock which broke in one house which needed fixing. So I didn't call a plumber out at that point, but I knew a plumber would be in that property within the next three months because they needed to do some work on the boiler to service it. So I incorporate all that things all those things into a particular task for that property. Yeah, sounds well organised. I think I was thinking through, um, you know, some of these technologies or systems we can give fancy names to and use fancy technology, but I think at heart, you know, you've got, you've got date-related stuff which can be in a calendar or a paper diary. Um, you've got tasks to-dos, which could literally be a to-do list. Um, you know, it could be a journal. It could be an app that you put things in. And uh, and then you've got, you know, we talked about property management systems. Well, that could be, excuse me, like a lever arch file or, you know, something like that. It could be paper-based files. 
It could be um, a system. I think Lenlord was probably the only one we've mentioned so far in terms of property management system. Correct me if I'm wrong. But, um, yeah, it's just interesting how we we can sort of maybe overcomplicate it by talking about some of the technologies and some of the personal preferences. But at heart, it boils down to some dates, some to-dos, and then uh, how we collect stuff together in one place and file it and then have some sort of reminder system. So... Um, maybe some people are thinking about this, uh, listening and thinking, well, I'm a, I'm a first-time landlord. I'm not even a landlord, actually. Um, this is all a bit overwhelming. Um, but it doesn't necessarily need to be. And I guess what, what are people's views? Do people just dive in and try and get like a world-class technology processes, checklists galore? Or is there a different way that maybe you could start and then evolve? What do people think about that? And there's definitely an argument to, to keep it simple right from the off and you can easily get caught up with technology in different systems and I think you always need to do like a a cost benefit analysis both the financial cost and the time cost Um, but I think sometimes people overlook the simplicity of a a spreadsheet just kind of putting stuff into a spreadsheet and kind of getting carried away with these fancy CRM systems which I love using but um, sometimes you need to just step back and think, how, what, what are you trying to achieve? Are you trying to build a fancy system that does all this and does all that, or are you actually trying to do business? What's, what's the objective there? And sometimes I, th- I feel like this is a problem I have. I feel like it, it's the, the, the tail wagging the dog. So you end up being driven by these systems. So you know, what, what's the next podio task that I need to look at? What's the next email? Okay, email is a very simple simple system, but sometimes it drives us. You know, okay, well, I'm going to refresh my inbox again to see if I need to do anything. Um, I think it brings yeah, as many problems as it fixes. I, th- I think, yeah, it's important, I think, just to start. You don't have to have a perfect system to begin with, um, as long as you think about a system, because if you're planning to grow and manage a, a portfolio, you will need a system. Um, but it could be just a spreadsheet, as Carl mentioned, to begin with, or just a mm-hmm. folder on your desktop with uh, you know, the important documents, uh, whatever. Um, but yeah, you just do need to think about having a system in place. And as you grow, obviously, you can build on that system and find what works for you. I think, as we've all talked here, we've all got different kind of systems we use, but it's a bit similar, I guess, process at the end of the day. Um, so the system itself maybe is not as important as just having a process to, to manage and track everything. What about you, Nana? What's your view? I, I totally agree because, like I mentioned, uh, we have teams, we have <laughs> podio, we have, uh, uh, yeah, all of the, the numbers that I, I mentioned before. And to be honest, I like it when we just go into Microsoft, Microsoft Teams because they just put, put everything in in a team and then we can just go in there but then obviously we need to go outside to different programs and that's where it get a bit of blurry sometimes so it would be nice if we were just one but the downside with only spreadsheet is that you don't get no notifications otherwise that would be like the best but 
who knows that may might come soon <laughs> as well <laughs> i'm wondering if anyone's going to tell me the solution to having notifications off the off the back end of a spreadsheet yeah scan a spreadsheet and raise it raise an alert if it finds a date Come on, say that again, because I've talked over you. Uh, what can you do? You, you could probably get some sort of tool to scan the spreadsheet and raise a message if it finds a date, but then that's a really complicated solution. Yeah, yeah you so, may as well just go and get an off-the-shelf app yeah. that does the same thing, right? Because there's, the, uh, there's a couple of good points you've just made there, I think, um, all of you, is like, you know, so start with sim- something simple. Don't over-engineer from the beginning. But I think equally have the end in mind. So if you're planning to um, grow and scale, well, can, can your system grow and scale? Or have you got to do some sort of migration, you know, at some point to use the fancy word, um, switch from one system to another, and then you've got to load it up. I think another thing that really came out is about um, the fact that I think you were saying now that you're using all this technology and I don't know what it's like for you guys, but my phone is like blowing up half the time, you know, 24 seven. So, you know, where do you, what's driving what the tails wagging dogs was mentioned, you know, sometimes it's hard to switch off and maybe that's not so good for our mental health. So I'll maybe just touch on that see if anybody else to pick up on that point. Um, And I think the other thing is um, there's, there's a case, but there isn't an end to end system. No one said, by the way, there is one system that does everything we need. No one said that yet, have they? And I don't know if there is. So inevitably, we end up layering systems or putting them, you know, uh, along one uh, next to one another, even if they're not actually interlinked to one another. So we end up with this sort of complex system. Is there one system? Has anybody got a one system solution? Definitely not. Um, I did some research to, over the last few days, and um, instantly, with a, a little bit of googling around, I, I found fourteen property management tools. I found eleven accountancy systems which plug into those tools. I found uh, eight inventory tools, uh, five ma- uh, maintenance tools, and then twenty-seven other tools which I find useful in my day-to-day and what which would integrate into those things so definitely not there's, there's too much choice there's not not a, a lead, a, an industry leading body at the moment um there may be but let's see the good thing is that all of these systems integrate so easily and so well these days uh, and a, a product would be pretty un, un, unwell pretty poorly received if it didn't integrate to other systems but i think the, the problem then that arises i suppose the good thing is it it allows a system to become the best it can be in a particular in a small area rather than trying to be everything to all men but then yes you can start to integrate things and it does it is easy to integrate but I, for me the cost just adds up because you, you you add you've got your your crm you've got your your uh, your cloud system and you it, it, i could go on but that's that's one one of the areas where i think they get you Okay, you pay ten pounds a month on this one system, but then you've got to multiply that by five or six. Or is Debbie Downer tonight? I don't know why. 
<laughs> it could be cheerful Carl instead, you know. Systems bashing. <laughs> no, no. Well, and what about just this? We kind of touched about there's no one system, but what about multiple systems? Do people link systems together? And if so, how do they do it? How do you guys do it? So, or do you, well, you don't think standalone? So, so uh, I really, I know that you, Richard, you have just Dropbox. But we have like me and Emily, we have the one drive and then we have Google Drive that we started with. So we need to like move everything from Google Drive to one drive, you know. And then at the same time, we are in, we're using Apple and they have their system that they want you to use while we're still using one drive. So yeah, it's, it's, it seems like we are forced to use several, but as long as you know where stuff is, you should be all right. Yeah, I love I love the uh, data storage people. I, and now and again, I'll get I'll get an email or, or a alert on my phone saying you need more storage. You know, can we charge you more money? And you know, and, and then when I think about it, I'm thinking. Well, I've got like four devices. Of course, I need more storage. I've duplicated everything across every single device, and it's up saved in the cloud. So, you know, of course, I'm going to need terabytes worth of data storage. But actually, I don't, do I? Because I don't necessarily need everything saved on every device and duplicated across devices. So, I think no. that can be a little bit. Let's, you know, the Debbie Debbie Downer's point about you know having multiple subscriptions. Yeah, um, the only thing that I can say is that it's good. Uh, uh, in a way that you have several because because look at uh, OneDrive when they got hacked people lost their pictures and yeah everything you know so maybe and I mean look at Facebook now uh, when was it one week uh, two three days ago everything was down Facebook Messenger what's up and I was like wow I cannot contact anyone (laughs) right now if I don't like call them but let's say if if you just have their facebook or something so it's so important to like have everything like email their like everything (laughs) so you can get hold of them i think did the world keep on turning though did the world keep on turning even though you couldn't contact people at 10 o'clock at night yeah, I know. But if they live like Richard, it's not 10 o'clock in the night. It's it's in the morning, right? Well, I, I didn't know what to do with myself. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I don't, it's not necessarily Facebook or Instagram, but WhatsApp. I, I mean, I, I live on WhatsApp. So uh, when WhatsApp was down, I was like, I mean, there are alternatives. Of course there are. Um, but it was like, I just, I, mean, I was addicted to WhatsApp. I was like, was it, what am I going to do for the next six hours or whatever it was that were down? Um, I might actually have to call somebody on a telephone. You know? Makes you think how it used to work. Yeah. The the other thing that comes, I think that, isn't that called resiliency? Uh, the IT guys, resiliency, having some sort of backup or. Yeah. Is that what it is? Right. Replication, yeah. resilience. Yeah. 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 You can leverage the, all the. the the platforms so yes you talk about you have lots of data but think about what data you actually need so with, with properties you need your backup of your spreadsheets you need your there's a few things you need your, your certificates online so why don't you copy them to each platform and leverage them because a lot of them are free to start with so you can have many different backups of the same data 
on different platforms, so Microsoft, Google, Apple, etc. Do you have any preferences, Jeff? <laughs> well, I, I, no, I don't. Um, simple as I, I, hands up here, I work for Microsoft, so yeah. But I, I, I leverage Google, I leverage Dropbox, I leverage Microsoft. I, I, I'm here to use technology. I, I, I'm a person who wants to get things for free. Uh, and I, I love it. I have a nice bit of free software. Um, and all these companies do offer you some something free. Uh, eventually, at the end of the day, you end up paying because I, I copy everything to all of those platforms and my photographs, videos, etc. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where you utilize what's there. Um, obviously, they can be too much, but just have a, a, a stop and think about what you need. Like for example, WhatsApp was down for several hours. Well, what happened? What would happen if you lost all your contacts and they were you couldn't retrieve them? Have a think about that and, and then make your backups. Backups, good idea. So have have it saved in different cloud um, systems so that you've got, you know, if one goes down, you've still got another one. Uh, have a backup from your device, you know, your laptop or whatever, or your phone, so that if you lose it or it breaks, um, then you've got, you can retrieve your data. So that's these are all good sort of practices, aren't they? Um Actually, I wanted to go back to the whole, I'm going to call it tech wars thing or app wars. I kind of brought you in, Jeff, because I thought you might have um, a sort of leaning. You kind of copped out a bit by saying I use all of them, but we're gonna, I'm going to put you down as the Microsoft man um, now. But So what about everybody else? Are you Microsoft, Google, Apple? Come on, what are you? What, what's your tech of choice? I'm, I'm, for myself, it's Apple. So, uh, yeah, fully, fully embedded in Apple. Windows and Android. Um, I, do, I do use Google. So I've got Google Sheets and Google Docs, all the online tools. I use those. Um, but otherwise, yeah, for my laptop and my phone, it's uh, Apple. And I have iCloud as well. So it's very, very good or handy. I can just put whatever on my iCloud and obviously access that from my, my devices. There's a local copy of my laptop as well. So when you talk about if iCloud goes down in the cloud, it won't matter because I've got a copy on my desktop. So we got we got a vote for Microsoft. We got a vote for Apple predominantly, and I know everybody uses everything. But I'm just putting scores on the doors here with the tech wars. And Carl, you piped up with something I didn't quite hear it though. Uh, yeah, well, Windows, uh, Microsoft, Android. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of Apple. I tried it before, but it's, done, it's too too bought into it. I'm going to get All or nothing with action rising here. You can see the passions dominating. <laughs> <sighs> I thought you were okay, Carl. I'm not so sure now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Nana, come on, we need to get your vote. What's the what's the platform of choice? Who's going to win tech tech wars for you? So platform of choice is actually Google, but uh, my fiance don't like Google, so that's why we have uh, one bribe. So yeah, she's all Microsoft. I think that's because that's what they work with uh, at their day job. While I like Google, Gmail, everything Google, but I do understand them when when it comes to the Google uh, calculating or yeah spreadsheet that it's quite different comparing to uh, Microsoft Excel. But beside that, I think 
Google is much better. I like Google. That's why I have a Google phone. <laughs> so we've got, we got a couple of split votes. Uh, well, we've got a couple of Microsoft. We've got a Google. We've got an Apple. Actually, well, if we count Emily as well, we've got another Microsoft. Sorry about this, Don, but I'm also predominantly Microsoft, um, but not exclusively. All my phones are Apple. But the, the, funny enough, it starts to create issues because I like the Apple phone. I love the Apple phone, the iPhone. Um, but I don't really like the Apple computers. But then I start to get, you know, do they kind of work seamlessly together? No, not they don't. I also yeah. like the way you could you can have a lot of personal productivity on either Apple or, or Google, for example, and and they both work quite well. But if you start to mix those different platforms, they don't work so well, do they? Perhaps no. not. But that's what okay. I don't like about Apple is that you either have to buy into their whole ecosystem or not at all. And if you try and mix yeah. it, then then it doesn't really work. I don't know. Maybe maybe people out there manage to do I mean, that's, a, that's a, a pro and a con, I would say. It's, it's great, obviously, if you've got all Apple devices and everything, and everything just works seamlessly, and, you know, hand off between each other. And like I said, put stuff in iCloud or somewhere else, whatever. But if you have different devices, different providers, you know, you've got a Microsoft phone and an Apple MacBook, then obviously it's harder to get them to integrate. Yeah, I mean, uh, we Emily just got a new phone last. I know this is like a bit off topic, but uh, she she got a Samsung phone, and and it came with uh, the new uh, Chromebook. So it's Google's uh, own uh, device, and it was like being on a on an Android phone, but yet not. So it, it's like. Mac MacBook with uh, uh, Apple, it's all integrated. It's very good, but the downside is that there's hardly no programs <laughs> on the desktop version. So it's a bit like, what should I do with it? Yeah, I think it just brings forward. A, I mean, I made a little bit of light about tech wars and platforms and stuff like that. But I think you know, you probably need to pick a side um, in the most part, and and pick a side that suits you. I mean, Dom's sat there with his his uh, AirPods in as he's talking to us, so we kind of know what side he's on. Um, but and, and if if Apple works for you and you can work with it, go for it. Um, but if you're a Microsoft man or or lady or you're a Google uh, person, you know you can make any of them work. So that, I wanted to put that up there as the big platforms, but then contrast that with smaller technologies uh, like. You know, startups or smaller companies. What do you have? You got any good examples of sort of the smaller companies and some good stuff they're doing? Is the first question, and then the follow-up question is, what do you think about those smaller apps or technologies versus those big platforms? You know, uh, what are your considerations when you're thinking about using those smaller, um, you know, startups or, or not so established uh, technologies? Well, generally, the, the, the smaller companies are, are looking at the, the, the niche products where the, the tech giants are looking at industry business. They're looking for the, the million-dollar uh, contracts, which are supportability and enabling technology in a, a company and enabling projects to be delivered and all of those big things um, where, especially in property, you're looking these companies are starting up and they're looking at those little niche things like managing your portfolio 
it, it, it's not a huge task. You, you can do it in Excel. You can do it in Google Sheets or whatever you want. But they just put that gloss on it, and 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 they now have their cloud applications, which are running in Azure and AWS, and they're storing your data uh, in the cloud, which is something you've got to consider. And they give you such usability for most of the time for a free trial of the basic functionality is free. And then the, the, the get their fish hooks in you and get all the cash out by uh, subscribing you to something. So uh, for me, I think like the small ones, um, Sapier, I think is really, really good. I don't know how big they are, but it, they, they seem quite small if compared to the the other companies that we have mentioned. And uh, that's a way to connect all of your other uh, apps or programs and make it very smoothly. So I I really think they're good. But they will basically be get snapped up of one of the big trees. I think it's just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Um, I guess touching on that depends on where you draw the line. Like, what's a big company? I guess you've got your Google's, your Microsoft, your Apple's. Yeah, they're obviously massive. But then, uh, as Nana mentioned about Zapier, um, like I've said, I use their table and Notion. I've been using those for a few years now. Um, I guess they weren't massive when I started using them, but uh, I mean, I, I think they're still quite big and quite well, uh, maybe not well known as such outside the kind of industry, but they are uh, well used. I think even yeah, I think some big companies that use them. But I guess one concern, t- touching back on a point you mentioned before, Richard, uh, about these smaller companies is how long they're going to be around for. If you're, if you're heavily embedded in, like I you know, have quite a lot in Notion, if that goes under. Uh, goes bust or even if it's bought out for somebody else and they decide to kind of change the platform and monetize it further then that's obviously a risk yeah they have to bear in mind and uh maybe not worry about it as such but just uh have it in the back of mind you might need to get the data out of there or port it somewhere else if need be i find some of these small companies you get a better better service from them um find normally that you need to look at kind of how active a company is um but normally you find they're a bit more nimble a bit more responsive um to to raising to resolving issues or introducing new features so you see companies like um podio for example they're, they're always modifying or, or property data that's a website where they're always adding more stuff and um it's quite kind of clear to see where the companies that invest in kind of building their building their service versus those that just kind of come up with an idea and then just let it fester for a few years. And I kind of got the, the, the I haven't, maybe it's a bit harsh, but I kind of got the impression with Arthur online that that doesn't seem to have gone anywhere for a long time. But I've looked at it previously, but. Well, let's, let's, let's big it up for some tech then. So, you know, what are what are the good techs out there which are very useful, probably good value, and, you know, are making progress to take your lead there, Carl? So what are people's favourite technologies using that kind of criteria? I think, I think I've already mentioned mine, um, Notion and Airtable. So, yeah, I really like those. 
coming from a techie background and being able to customize those and just build what I want. So have my systems exactly how I want them. So if, if people, if that's kind of people's uh, preference, then obviously you can use those two to, to build your tools. Um, but if you want something already made, then yeah, you'd have to go with uh, like a, a pre-built management tool like Landlord, which I also use. Well, I was just going to say Landlord is probably one of the examples that Carl was talking about. That They are, I think, I've noticed from a distance at least. I don't use yeah. them directly, but I've noticed they invest quite a lot and they're upgrading yes. quite a lot. Yes, they do. And you can track a lot with them. You can, there's, I, mean, I think probably one of the only things it doesn't track now is uh, like your accounting. I think you can, you can put in your, like your uh, monthly rent, all your expenses, all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't actually use it for that. I think it's a bit of a cumbersome. Um, and I do it in the accounting package as well, which will track everything can. Um, but I think you can track your property kind of in- income and expenses. So not additional business expenses, but, you know, property related expenses. So what else? Who else is big? Who's going to big up the technology then? Well, I, I, I use Landlord as well. It's it's something that I've been using. It, it, it's really good for tracking rents and, just giving you an overview of what your portfolio, how your portfolio is performing. We talked about reviewing uh, our portfolios at key points. Well, I don't need to anymore. I've got all my key. I get a weekly email measuring exactly how my portfolio is doing every week. Um, it, it's, it's great. It automates that, and I don't have to think about it. Yes, it, it lacks on the, the accountancy side. It does do open banking, so you do get notifications when your payments do come in, which is great. Um, but it doesn't link to an accountancy software or Excel or anything like that, which then you can give to your accountant. So it, it's it's not great with that, but everything else, it, it's coming on leaps and bounds. And I've had really good experience with them, with them where I've seen something which is not correct or hasn't functioned properly, start up the um, chat with them, they log up uh, an issue, and then the following day, that issue is fixed. So it's great. So landlord's great. I, I, I've also mentioned Asana. That link, links very well um, to Google via um, my by Zapier. Um, I use that a lot, and then the good old Excel. Um, they're they're the, the key pieces of software I use, and, and that manages my entire portfolio. Um, it may not be good enough. In the future, but at the moment, um, I've got a fair few properties, and it's it's doing really well. So I'm happy. You have them fully. I was going to say you have them fully managed as well, do you? As well as using Landlord, is is this your? I didn't know. I, that's how I manage them completely. Oh, okay. So yeah, um, and and via Asana as well. So I I have Asana tasks which I put it through, and that works very well. Just, just quickly touching a point that you mentioned, Jeff, about um, firing off a query to, to landlord support. Yeah, I second that. So I had a question for them or an issue a few months ago now, sent them a chat message and got a response almost instantaneously and a fix very, very quickly. So that also touches on something you said, Richard, about larger versus the smaller companies. So that, I guess, is a, a pro of the more smaller companies where perhaps a bit more responsive and quicker customer service. Very good. You try and message Facebook, you never get a response. Try and message Facebook. That was ironic. Um, Cool. All right. I don't know if Carl or Nana want to big up any tech. No? All right. So I'm kind of thinking about uh, drawing a conclusion. 
And so uh, maybe two things to think about. Make it a bit techie because that's the topic. So um, tech you love to hate and just be as random as you want with that. Tech you love to hate just quickly. I hate this. This really bugs me. Apple. And, and then, easy. Yeah. Tech you love to hate. And then the second question would be um, tech you just could not live without. And you can't not allowed to mention something you've already mentioned. Okay. So um, tech, I don't know if anyone's ready to go with that. But, uh, or I could leave with it if you want a couple of more seconds to think about it. I, I can go with what well, I can't live without. And that's my iPad. Your Apple iPad, is that right? My Apple, well, yeah, my Apple iPad. Okay. Don't, don't, you, you can't live without your Apple iPad. Um, anything you love to hate in technology? Um, I'll think Perhaps. about it. Let me see. You think about it. We'll come, back to you. Yeah. come back to you. Yeah. Okay. So let's stick with um, can't live without then for now. Who's, who's got a can't live without? Can't live without Teams. Uh, I generally love Teams. It's one of the, the applications that I communicate a lot with. You're forcing me to use Zoom at the moment, which is disaster. But yeah, um, <laughs> I had to change laptops and everything. Um, but yeah, it's 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 something that, as uh, Nana has, has, has stated before, it, it's something that combines everything and puts everything think, together. And I think technically, both of you have just mentioned stuff you've mentioned before, by the way. But that's okay because mm-hmm. um, it's Apple based and Microsoft based. But that's okay. We'll I, I mentioned Teams tonight. That's the first time I mentioned Teams. <laughs> <laughs> who makes teams? I, I can't remember. It's some, some no, great company. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Carl. That's that's good. Um, yeah, um, I, I'm not big. I'm not a massive hater of Apple, but um, anyway, uh, can't live without spreadsheets. I think. I think um, certainly on the like deal analysis front. I mean, you, you couldn't do the analysis that I do without a spreadsheet or pen and paper, maybe. But it's yeah, be horrendous. Good. Um, I'm going to be very... <laughs> I can't live without Microsoft Office 365. <laughs> well, you've just lost a friend in Dominic, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, so, um, and one I can't live... Uh, what was this? Live without. One can't live without, right? So one um, for me, can't live without, is uh, LastPass, Password Manager. Um, I don't know how many passwords I got on there, but I couldn't possibly, possibly remember them all, especially with all the complex things you need to do these days with passwords. So uh, that's my can't live without. And then tech you love to hate. Or I've, I've got one. Go on. Lotus Notes. If, you, if you've used it, it you know. Exists. Yes, Lotus Notes. It still exists. I didn't know. Some it businesses use it. Yep. Is that a day job reference by any chance? No, not at the minute. Previous previous jobs, yes. Okay. All right. Lotus Notes, love to hate. The, the biggest gripe for me is not a particular tech, but when apps have just really poor design, uh, it's just really frustrating that there's so many great apps out there. Just learn from others. Just learn from others. That's all I can say. Get your design right. Carl and uh, notifications on my phone in general. Apps. I'm just going to send you a message now. <laughs> All right, notifications on the phone. And Nana, uh, love to hate. 
Uh, there's so many, so I don't want to start. <laughs> but mainly, uh, sorry, Dom, uh, Apple products. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not coming again. <laughs> I I love I love my Mac, but like the integrate is yeah really bad. Like Carl says, <laughs> oh, you, you might want to get the book How to Win Friends and Influence People. Nana, by the way, um, I, I read you, that. <laughs> you read it? Oh, I think you need to read it again. But um, by the way, you can get it on on your mobile device. Um, so there you go. All right. So thanks, guys. It was a bit of fun towards the end there. Um, one I love to hate is one time passwords. There you go. Just hate one-time passwords. It just drives me bonkers. And, and also, by the way, just slightly off topic, but why do some banks and credit card companies put blocks on nearly every transaction and that you can't actually pay for something when you need to pay for something because they're trying to protect you? Um, oh, it's because they're trying to protect you. Okay. Um, but yeah, that just that winds me up because I just want convenience, right? And I suppose if somebody cleans my bank account out, I'll probably complain then as well. Maybe it's what you're spending your money on. Maybe I should rethink that. Hmm. All those sort of dodgy websites. Possibly. Cool. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining the fun and trying to make it a little bit light um, in, in a topic that could be sometimes a bit dry. Um, I don't know if there's any, any final thoughts, but um, otherwise I'll probably do my, my wrap-up. So uh, I guess thanks thanks to our panelists, uh, Jeff, Nana, Dominic, and Carl. You moved position on my screen somehow, um, but there you go. Uh, really appreciate you joining us today. Got a lot of good insights from, from the conversation. The show notes will be over the website, thepropertyvoice.net. If you'd like to talk to me or even one of the panelists about anything we've covered today, you can reach me, podcast at propertyvoice.net. Invariably, we try and tag the panelists in the social media shares. You might have noticed um, and so if you want to reach out to any of the uh, panelists at all, you can probably find them on our various social media shares. And um, I guess all that remains to say is thanks once again for listening this time on the Property Voice podcast. And until next time, it's Ciao Ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.